1: What do you do when your spouse hates you? We started this conversation in the last episode of Relationship Radio, but it's one that we get so many questions about that we are continuing the conversation today, highlighting the key things that you need to know and what you can do if you feel like your spouse hates you. And be sure you stick around all the way to the end. We're going to be answering some of our listener submitted questions and you don't want to miss them. They are so good. Let's dive into this episode of Relationship Radio.
0: This is Relationship Radio, an extension of Marriage Helper International, hosted by renowned marriage and relationship expert Dr. Joe Beam and CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Beam Holmes. We answer your questions directly with research-based principles that you can implement immediately. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Relationship Radio.
2: I'm Dr. Joe Beam with Marriage Helper, along with Kimberly Holmes, our CEO. We're happy to share Relationship Radio with you and to do a second episode on this hate thing because people talk so much about it. As a matter of fact, you might want to go back and listen to the episode just before this one where we laid some of the foundations. But Kimberly, for those that haven't heard it or don't remember them all, then let's just lay a couple of things down to begin with that we talked about last time. But to remind you this time and the first would have to do with the three roots of both love. And hate.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. So these three roots come from the research, as we said last time, from Dr. Robert Sternberg. So a lot of people will say, well, hate is an emotion, love is an emotion, but what does it consist of? Well, it consists of these three things intimacy, passion, and commitment. And when you realize that those are the three tenets that make up hate and love, it can actually start giving you a roadmap, a a guidepost, so to say, of what you can do to turn things around to reverse that hate, and turn it back into love in as much as you can as one individual.
2: So the increasing of intimacy, the increasing of passion, the increasing of commitment is the increasing of love. The negation of intimacy, negation of pass of, of passion and the negation of commitment actually leads to different kinds of hate. And just like Sternberg points out, there are different kinds of love based on combinations of those three things, the different kinds of hate. And if you want, we'll tell you in a couple of minutes how you can get a toolkit that gives you a lot more information about that. But just remember right now, then those things happen and that, the other person, your spouse, for example, the way that he or she perceives you when it comes to love or hate has to do with the stories that they have in their mind about you based on the experiences that they've had with you and their interpretations of those experiences. So, what do they do, Kimberly? If, they, if I want my spouse to see me differently, how do I change the story?
1: Yeah. Well, you begin to do things now that can help to change the stories going forward. So probably the one of the worst things you can do is try to rewrite those negative stories in their mind by by telling them that they're wrong, that they're remembering things wrong, that they need to change their perception of you. That's only going to make it worse. The only real thing you can do is learn from anything from the past and then change your behavior for the future so that they can hopefully write positive stories about you going forward. And again, there's only so much control that you have over that right now because someone could still create a negative story when you're doing all of the right things. But that's the only thing you can do. Do the things that you know to do, the things that we teach you to do to try and rebuild those positive stories.
2: I like what you said about don't try to try to change those past negative stories by telling them that they're wrong. Also, don't try to change them by trying to justify what you did. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that. But here's the reason. In other words, you don't take responsibility because that typically also puts someone in the mindset of thinking more negative stories Mm -hmm. about you. And so you've got to stop doing those things that negate intimacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we mean by that, intimacy has to do with openness or trust, vulnerability, where that you share the facts of your life and feelings of your life with the other person and where they can do the same with you. And therefore, if your spouse feels that he or she can't tell you what they feel without you reacting negatively, they can't tell you what they do without you reacting negatively, even what they believe, all those kinds of things where that they feel they have to meet some kind of standard and that you reject them for being who they are, then that's creating more negative stories. And so on the, on the stop side, we'd say you need to stop anything that you're doing or saying that would cause your spouse to feel that you don't accept and love them as they are, that they have to meet some kind of criteria for them to be lovable and lovely to you.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. And then there are some things you should do. You should admit anything that you have done, any of your flaws, or the way that you treated them in the past, or things that you said to them, you should apologize and try and course correct that for yourself in the future. But also don't do that to the extreme to where you just become pathetic and trying to apologize for every single thing, even if it's not something you did. So hold respect for yourself in doing this, but do admit anything that you have done wrong and apologize for it.
2: Yeah. Tell them you're sorry. And and tell them you're sorry for the pain that they feel. But some people can't believe we see it. People just go overboard. It's like, I'm no good. I'm mm-hmm. terrible. I'm sorry. And understand that they're already holding a negative image of you in their brain, mm-hmm. which is really what's happening if they if they feel any kind of the of the different kinds of hate towards you, ranging from cold hate to hot hate. If if they are feeling hate towards you and and you keep debasing yourself, you're adding uh, strength to that bad story, this bad picture they have in their mind of you. So be sorry, but don't beat yourself up over it or else you'll continue to feed into that image they have of you that you're no good, that you're terrible. So truly being sorry, great. Debasing yourself, not going to
0: help.
1: So do what you can to grow, become the best you that you can be and do the right things that can help to put you back on the love path, as we would say at Marriage Helper. So do the things that help intimacy and passion and commitment to grow. That is what's going to help your spouse turn that hate back into love. If you want to know more about hate and the things that we have talked about, that we have begun to just scratch the surface on, then you should really consider getting the Why Does My Spouse Hate Me toolkit. And for our listeners of the podcast, you can use the code podcast in order to get 10% off of that toolkit. And you can get it by going to marriagehelper.com and then clicking the courses link at the top of the page. And then you can find the toolkit, use the term or use the code podcast, and you can get 10% off at checkout. And that'll really help give you more of an understanding of how hate develops, which can help you understand how you can overcome it as well.
2: Yeah. In the toolkit, I did seven different videos explaining different aspects and dimensions of hate. I'm going to be adding to that as we go along occasionally. Uh, if you get the toolkit, you'll have access to whatever we add, talking about more things about how can you get past hate? How can you get to the point where that love can exist again? So we really encourage you to get that toolkit. Kimberly, we've got some great questions, as you said earlier. These are really right down to where the rubber meets the road, as they used to say.
1: Yes.
0: Hi guys, my name is Ren and I work on the weekend workshop team here at Marriage Helper. Uh, in my role, I typically help couples by running the breakout groups during our workshops. Dr. Beam and Kimberly Holmes have asked me to read a question that was submitted by one of our listeners for today's episode. This person asks, "How do I get my wife to want to be involved with me again? She still very much hates me even after 13 months of separation." I had issues with alcohol and porn use, but I'm now 23 months sober from alcohol and nine months free of porn use. I'm in a 12-step program for both issues.
2: If you get the uh, Why Does My Spouse Hate Me Toolkit, (laughs) With a 10% discount that Kimberly just offered. So good for you. (laughs) Understand that we talk about the different kinds of hate there. And it talks about uh, how that hate comes from negation of intimacy, negation of passion and negation of commitment. Now what the gentleman describes here, probably has led to a negation of commitment. And that typically occurs when one person views the other one as having changed in ways that are not good. In other words, I no longer see you as the person that I fell in love with. I see you as being less than what you were and when a person uh, repeats behavior such as an addiction that begins to degrade the other person's view of them because of the addiction now it can be drugs it can be alcohol it can be pornography it can be it can be a workaholism it can be a number of things or even sometimes it can just be the fact that i continue to be angry with you and begin to and continue to treat you terribly but if they see that as changing that you're not the person i fell in love with they'll actually start to diminish you in their minds That I once held you up here, and now I'm seeing you as here. And any negative stories they had about you before, and I'm sure there's some there because nobody's perfect. They'll start remembering the things you did back then and over there and then and that kind of thing. And often what happens then, Kimberly, is they come to a conclusion. Even though it's not a valid conclusion, they believe it is. And what conclusion is that?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, they come to the conclusion that you're never going to change. That Everything mm-hmm. that they've written in their mind, the stories that they're currently believing are right and true, and you'll never change. And that is not what you want.
2: No. And other people may even be contributing to that. Mm. I mean, uh, people that your wife, uh, like her parents or her friends or whomever else, may be feeding to that negative story. He'll never change. You can never trust him again. He'll never get past this. So it's not just that you need to overcome the, the image that you have had some contribution to that's in your wife's mind of you, but other people also adding to that. Now, that make it might make it seem impossible, but even if other people are feeding the negative stuff to her, the course of action for you is still the same, whether it's just her thinking that or other people feeding her that. Mm
1: -hmm. Consistent behavior, consistent positive behavior, doing the right things and not doing the things that are gonna destroy love, or as we would say it, doing the things that will build love and help rewrite the stories and stop doing the things that are going to destroy love or create those negative stories. But that's it, it's that consistency over time.
2: Mm-hmm. Now we're happy that you're in 12 step programs and we're happy that you're dealing with your addictions. Good for you. I mean, that takes strength, more power to you. But understand that you can't use that information and feed it to your wife thinking somehow that's going to change the way she thinks of you. See, I'm sober this long now. See, I'm in this 12 step program. See, I'm doing this and that, the other, because that smacks of mm, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I know that's what you're saying, but if you're doing that just for me, I don't know if you're going to continue to do it. You have to be continuing to do it because of you and who you want to be. So understand that this consistent behavior, you can't make your wife feel differently about you. And if you try to use this information to somehow try to persuade her that you're different, then that persuasion in all likelihood is going to backfire. It's not going to be by persuasion. It's going to be by demonstration. Kimberly, what's a better way to say that?
1: I think that's it. The only thing I would add though is if you only got involved in these 12 step programs and doing these things in order to bring her back, like to, to do it kind of as a, what do they call it? They call it peacocking. Like you do it as a show in order to get oh. the person's attention. Then that's not the right motive. So make sure your motive is right, that it's for you, for you to become the best version you can be. And then let that, let that just exude from you. And let that be what she sees, what other people see, because it's truly who you are and what you're doing. And that is, if anything, what's going to change the way she feels and lead her back. It's going to be that.
2: So it, it sounds kind of simple. All it can be hard to do. The negation of commitment comes from the other person seeing you as not the person that you were before. So that's <laughs> the negation of commitment. And, and actually, it's not just that they choose not to be committed. They actually start winding up being committed to be against you. Committed to not be with you because of the of the way they see you now. So don't panic when you understand that that's what she wants. Not just that she's seeking not to be committed, but she's actually seeking an anti-commitment. I'm committed against you, not for you. Don't panic. It's part of the process. She fell in love with you once. She can fall in love with you again if you do what we're talking about. Stop the addictions. Stop any negative behavior. And don't try to make intimacy happen. Don't try to make passion happen. If those doors open, wonderful. And don't panic about her commitment against you. It's amazing how things can change with time. Which actually I think leads us to the next question, Kimberly.
1: Our next question is being read by Petra Blank. So Petra is part of our coaching team and one of our great coaches that does great work and works one-on-one with clients, just like our listeners. Petra, thanks for reading this question. Thank you, Dr. Cho and Kimberly for the introduction. Here's the question one of our listeners has asked. Is there ever a point where there has been too much damage done to the relationship to reverse your partner's opinion of you? My husband left me when I was 9 weeks pregnant and I had a major breakdown. I cut him off for 4 months as I wasn't emotionally stable enough to see him. Now I want to repair the relationship, but I worry that it's too late. Is there any hope for my situation?
2: This may sound like some kind of la la thing, but we've been working with marriages since 1994, working with marriages in crisis since 1999. So we've been doing this a while working with thousands and thousands and thousands of marriages over those decades. And right now we're working with more marriages every year than ever in our history before. So please understand this when you say, well, is it too late? Is, is it too much damage? That kind of thing. We believe that you give up if the other person dies or if they marry somebody else until such time as that, there's always hope no matter what they're saying, no matter what their friends are saying, no matter how far apart you are emotionally, no matter how far apart you are in actual distance, like on different sides of the world. So uh, understand that we have quite a bit of optimism. We can't guarantee you that we can help you save your marriage, but we have seen it work out so many times when everybody had given up, they were saying too late. <clears throat> Well, only if he's married somebody else, <laughs> or if he has passed on, God forbid. And and besides that, Kimberly, time time changes things, doesn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Time just does change things. Now, the thing is, though, time can either make things worse if you don't do anything to actually change things for the better or time can help things if you begin doing the things that you need to do. And so over time, when we look at the research, let me go back to that. When we look at the research, we see that couples typically wait for six years after a marriage problem has occurred in order before they ever get help. So six years, in that six years, things are not getting better that damage that this person talks about in the question, is there too much damage? Well, the question really is... Have you actually begun to do the things to course correct, to bring your marriage back to where it needs to be? Or or have you not? Because you can spend time working on doing the right things, doing what you can to save the marriage, forgiveness, all of the things that we teach at Marriage Helper. And we have seen the situations that many people would say there was too much damage, come back and be stronger than ever before. And so only time can tell that, but time spent doing the things that can actually bring your relationship back together and make it stronger than ever. That is the real measure. It's not just the time mm-hmm. it's what are you doing with that time?
2: Yeah. Even when we hear the spouse say there's too much damage, mm-hmm. we've experienced that with time doing the right things. Even the person who wants to believe that firmly actually It will change. Mm -hmm. So is it possible? Absolutely. And so here's a suggestion for you. Rather than trying to put things back together between you and your husband, the fact that you have a child together is a pretty important thing here. And so we suggest that you first concentrate on helping your husband establish a good relationship with the child. Not necessarily with you to begin with, but with the child. The child needs that. He needs that. And you need the help in the Mm co-parenting. So we'd say start there. Focus on that. But that also gives an opening because that means you're going to have to have some kind of communication together, and in that communication together about the child with time, if you're patient. So, what do I mean when I say patience, Kimberly? How can how can we better explain that?
1: Hmm. Well, I mean patient in the sense that. This, the problems you're experiencing, what's happened in your marriage didn't happen overnight. And so you can't expect for it to be resolved overnight either. I mean, even just the time in the question where you say you were, you were, you cut him off for four months, there's going to have to be some rebuilding of, of communication, of trust, of intimacy, of all of those things. And that's going to take time probably more than even more than four months. It's probably going to take several months, maybe even to get fully where you want to be a year, maybe even a couple of years. And that's not to to discourage you or to make you think, golly, it's going to take that long. It's to say that for your marriage to be stronger, to get where you want to go, it takes that consistency over time. That's that's actually a positive thing. It's a good thing. And so be patient, give that time to see that you've gotten past the breakdown and to see that, that you're doing the things that need to be done in order to rebuild that relationship and be sure that you're being consistent in that, because that is what will help develop that intimacy.
2: And to be sure that you understand what we're saying, because you've had the breakdown really take care of you. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not predicting that something's wrong with you and you're going to have another breakdown. Obviously you had some, pretty bad situations going on at the time, but you make sure that you get well physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, that you get well. We call that the pies, P I E S physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. And if you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash marriage helper, you can hear a whole lot about pies there or check out Kimberly's podcast. Mm -hmm. It starts with attraction where she talks about all kinds of things, including the pies. And this is to help you get very well, physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, I'm not saying you're sick, but the fact that you had a breakdown before means that you really should concentrate, as everybody should anyway, on you getting well. And as Kimberly said, for him to have enough time to pass where he believes that you've gotten past that breakdown.
1: Mm mm-hmm one of the ways that we can help to help you be consistent and know what those things are to rebuild the love get back on that love path like we talk about is in the save my marriage course that we have and it can really help even the person who who has has been the one who's wanted out or wanted their spouse to to go away can help them understand what are the principles i need to follow to to rebuild my marriage if at all possible and our Save My Marriage course can really help do that. You can find out more about that by going to marriagehelper.com and clicking on that Courses tab up at the top and finding more about the Save My Marriage course there. And of course, we'll link it in the show notes as well.
2: So Kimberly, what are the key takeaways from the session?
1: The first one is to remember that there are three roots of love and it's the same three roots of hate. And those are intimacy, passion, and commitment. The second key takeaway is don't focus on what you did wrong or how you got to where you are. You need to be aware of that, but that shouldn't be what your focus is. Focus on allowing intimacy to redevelop. Do those things that can lead to the intimacy to redevelop. And you can find out more about that in the Why Does My Spouse Hate Me Toolkit. The third key takeaway is create new stories in your spouse's mind. Not by telling them what those stories should be, but by demonstrating it through the things that you're doing and demonstrating those things consistently. The fourth is that hate is a parallel to love and it can definitely turn to love again, but you can't make it happen. You can't force it to happen. You can only do the things that will allow it to happen. And then finally is patience and consistency. Did we mention Patience and consistency. Do the things that you need to do and do them consistently. That is the best thing you can do to turn that hate back into love.
2: Excellent. So in addition to getting the what does my spouse hate me toolkit that we'll add to as we go along through time, understand that we have all kinds of free videos at youtube.com marriage helper, uh, that one long word there. And for the next few episodes, well, I was looking at a couple of hundred questions just last night that have come in for this program. Uh, and those are just the recent ones. <laughs> and I was looking at those and Kimberly, a lot of the questions were giving specifics, but not always the same specific, but they always wound up with this. What do I do now? What do I do next? What do I do now? And so for the next few episodes, let's take some of those questions, which means we may be talking about different things, but the ultimate answer to each will be, so what do I do next? And and give some practical advice on some of those things. Does that sound okay with you, Kimberly? It sounds
1: great. I look forward to it. All
2: right. We've got a great video here that we suggest you watch, and we'll see you in the next episode of Relationship Radio.
1: Hi,. Nate, this is Kristen. Uh, I really want to speak to all the reluctant people out there. I was very reluctant to do this course. Kristen kept coming towards me, trying to get me to do it. And I just didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, Finally, I gave in and I'm really glad I did. Uh, The course uh, is really science based. All the stuff you learn, it really gives you an insight into yourself and not just the marriage. But how to understand yourself better and then in relation how to understand your spouse better and communicate better why you do what you do that sort of thing so it's a very good course I learned a lot
3: I definitely learned a lot about myself and how I brought my past and my own insecurities from childhood from um, a previous abusive marriage how I brought those insecurities into our marriage and how I put that on him and how that made him react to me and just this horrible snowball effect. So I've learned it's not just him, it's it's me as well and, and my part in the marriage. And another thing that I really, really liked about this is that it's not about throwing the other person under the bus or, or pointing fingers at that person, but it's really about looking within yourself, learning who you are, why you do what you do and the problems that you bring into the marriage. And so if if you're not sure if you want to go and have all these fingers pointed at you, that's not at all how it is. It's all about just looking within. And also that it's just a very safe environment. And those safe environments led us to have conversations that I don't think we otherwise would have had conversations I've been needing for a really, really long time. I needed them and I just wasn't getting them and after this at night, we would have conversations that we just really needed to have. And so I'm so thankful for that. And then as far as, you know, making the decision, whether, whether to fix the marriage or whether to leave, hearing Dr. Joe Beam's story, hearing everybody else's story, being in a, a, a Zoom room with all these other people that are experiencing the same problems as you. And it just, it feels better knowing that you're not alone. But then again, like Dr. Joe Beam, seeing people that have gone through these problems and now They're together and they're happy and they've lived together this many years and had a long, happy marriage. That's what everybody wants. Everybody wants that good marriage and and it's attainable. You can have it if you have the right tools and they, they give you all the tools that you need if you're willing to put in the work. And I read something on Facebook the other day. You can choose your heart. Divorce is hard. I've been through a divorce I, it tore me apart, it tore my kids apart, and even though that divorce I knew had to happen, it was the best thing for me and the children, it still, it was very hard for me and it was very hard for my kids. So you you choose your heart and and this is the heart I want to choose, it's hard, but I, I you can see through all the people that have made it, it's, it's worth it. So when you're deciding that, You just have to look at whether that person's a good person. Do they deserve the the forgiveness to be able to move forward? Are they willing to work on it with you? I just learned a lot and it was all very worth it.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. We exist to help save marriages and strengthen families. We look forward to interacting with you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.